Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Kristen Miller is a crisis communication specialist, a renowned speaker and storyteller, and a global corporate communications executive at Ping Identity. Ping Identity helps prevent security breaches, increase employee and partner productivity, and provides personalized customer experiences for some of the world's largest organizations. In her role, Kristen helps executives and managers build connections that drive business performance and profits. She specializes in executing authentic and compelling PR campaigns to boost high-tech visibility and growth. Throughout her career, she has managed a multitude of international business units to drive cohesive messaging and has a solid track record in developing on increased visibility that in turn drives growth and revenue. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Kristen. Oh, thank you so much for the kind introduction, Lori. So happy to be here. I tell you, I'm thrilled to have you back. This is an encore interview. We had the luxury of speaking at the beginning of COVID about crisis communications, and my, has that changed the way we approach PR? It really has. I mean, since we last talked, I think that cybersecurity PR is really having its moment. You know, COVID happened, the landscape completely changed, and it used to be that you were rather dependent on your own company keeping things secure, but really the threat has expanded and just exploded, really with the SolarWinds MSP breach and making sure that your company is not only secure, but that the companies you do business with are too. I tell you, it's a must-have now. You know, I think back to a lot of the insurance renewals, totally off topic, topic, everyone, you know, regarding marketing, but I think back to all of our insurance renewal renewals that we've had, and cybersecurity is now a must in the day we operate our business to make sure that we are not only protected, you know, in the event something horrible happens, but also protect, you know, taking, you know, into our own hands how we will protect ourselves, which is the point you're getting to. Absolutely. And cybersecurity protection and cybersecurity insurance is huge. It's a business that I don't know even existed five, 10 years ago. It's something that is a must have. Every company is going to get breached. They will, period, full stop. So being as prepared as possible is critical. Yeah, it sure is. And and we're going to discuss today really from a PR perspective, what you're employing within Ping and some of your past history as well to really make sure that leadership is on the same page, that the strategies developed are deployed. And we're going to talk about some challenges along the way. So everyone get ready. This is going to be a great conversation today. Um, talk to us Kristen, about your leadership role and really some of the important decisions that you're making day in and day out. Yeah, it's great. Over at Ping Identity, I get to tell a really fun cybersecurity story. So it's really, it's fantastic. I get, it's a bit of everything. You have heroism, you have good versus evil, science fiction. It's a fun topic to be able to work with. But some of the ways that I integrated at Ping is really telling how security is only part of it, but also a customer experience. I like to say that we give the right people the right access to the right things at the right time. So it's really about an access and accessibility story too, which is a lot of fun to tell. 
There's no doubt about it. And how do you get to the point? So you just, you know, very, very quickly let us know what truly was something that was very strategic. Let's uncover that a little bit. How did you get to the point of developing a strategy that was as cohesive as the last two sentences and sentences that you just uh, shared with us? Right. It all comes back to storytelling. And we do a good job of storytelling with the customer perspective here at Ping. So customers are really important. We have them at our weekly customer meetings. We champion our customers. That's one of our campaigns that we execute on. And it's really more than a campaign. It's a vision that starts at the top. But talking about it's one thing for us to say, hey, we can solve X, Y, and Z use case, or you know, this goes for any industry really. But to be able to tell it through a customer's story, a customer's perspective is really important because talking about X feature or you know how this protects is, is really ethereal in, in nature versus tangible when you have someone someone's story and talking about that. So that's something that has started well before I was at Ping and is really important. It starts it with our top leadership. We really do care about the customers in that way. Well, you do. And you had me at customers and weekly customer meetings. I've never heard mm-hmm. of that, honestly. Talk to us a little bit about how you, you know, deploy that. Yeah, that's a great question. So Every week we have a customer, we have company sync um, on Tuesday and oftentimes we'll have customers in and those are the most enthusiastic attended events that we have at Ping on a weekly basis. So customers come in, they tell their story, they tell their problems, what we've um, been able to solve, what we've been able to accomplish together. And the Q&A after that is normally really strong. It's, it's not something that's just on paper. We actually do champion our customers. You know, and and customer first, people first is something that is so simple when it's ingrained into your marketing DNA as it is for for, uh, you and and myself. It's just, you know, something that uh, is very, very important. And there's, on the one hand, integrating the customers into these uh, company sinks is very, very thought-provoking. But making sure that the follow-through regarding the customer perspective in all of the content the PR, whatever it might be, that is pushed out through the marketing team um, is the other half of the battle. And quite frankly, dare I say that getting to the point of even including a customer mentality in your marketing is really not implemented as much as it should be. Was the was the mindset there prior to uh, you entering Ping or was it something that you really needed to help grow and nurture from within? Oh gosh, this has started since Ping became a company, having that customer mindset. But something unique that we had um, ushered out as a marketing team in the beginning of 2020 was introducing a celebrity customer identity champion in Terry Crews. So we met him last week. He was at our sales kickoff event. So Terry Crews is our chief identity champion for all of our customers. And he's on our website. We take an active role in that. And really, he's been brought on to raise awareness on the Ping solutions and how we can help our customers challenge their toughest identity problems. I love it. And you know what? It's so, when you have a customer that's ingrained in the the culture day to day, it just helps everyone internally live the identity 
of that individual day in and day out to make sure not only is, you know, product being delivered correctly, but are we uncovering the need of the customer? Are we uh, hearing them appropriately? Are we pushing out messaging that's going to resonate and create that emotional epiphany for them? It's really, I think, something, a very, very simple step that so many brands out there could could deploy. Um, and the information is at their fingertips. They just need to develop a program and ask. Certainly. And using it as a celebrity spokesperson isn't new, but it's something that isn't often done in the B2B space or in the tech space. So it's something that I'm really proud of, of our marketing team and the, the team that was able to put that together. And it's not only helped raise awareness for, for our customers, but also internally. Our employees love it. We were, Terry's been at our sinks at our company events and has been really supportive of what we're trying to do. Well, and what I, you know, again, what I really like about it as well is that he, when you are considering whether or not to bring on a spokesperson, um, there's so many different considerations to think through, but, you know, what is the persona of the customer and how relatable is this individual going to be to that persona or that avatar? And that is where I think it's been a real home one home run for you. Oh, absolutely. So when we talk about championing our customers, we really mean it. So who doesn't, who embodies that better than Terry Crews? Yeah, I love it. So switching gears here for a second, you know, as we've established, PR is an integral role of any integrated communications program out there. Um, It truly does help drive awareness and a customer inquiry, um, let alone increasing top line and and in some situations, bottom line revenue as well. But no matter what, there are roadblocks when it comes to integrating all of that, either internally or externally, with also some of the other approaches, whether it be paid or or shared uh, along the way. How do you really overcome some of these roadblocks and and perhaps what would they be? What advice can you provide our listeners today regarding that? I don't think I'll have anything incredibly groundbreaking to say about communication alignment other than just communicating. So it's, and that's become a major challenge with COVID, with being remote and over Zoom. It's not as easy just to run into people in the in the kitchen and talk about, oh, yes, I wanted to talk about this or just, hey, I just got out of this meeting. So the communication has to be more intentional. It's just it's tougher to do over Zoom and Slack. So um, being able to have those weekly meetings and those prompts to say, hey, what have you heard lately? Is there something going on? Um, you know, what what's going on with this project? And just being able to have to have that sort of scheduled and informal communication. It's just, it's more of a challenge during COVID. I think intentionality is such a key here. Communication in and itself is very broad, right? It's, you know, and it's one of the things that I think 99% of companies out there would say when they're doing, um, you know, postmortem on a situation, uh, communication could have been better. When you add the word intentionality to that, it makes all the difference in the world. It does. And that's something that you didn't have to do before COVID. You know, you right. were able to visually see people and run into people and it it didn't, it was more natural than intentional. But I, I think that that's one key takeaways that we've all had to learn um, in a post-COVID world. Well, and I think it takes a great PR pro such as you to make sure that that happens. And, and a lot of open people. And, you know, you you mentioned the, the company Sync. That's a great, we have a morning tag up and an afternoon tag up. 
with mm -hmm. 80% of our team being remote at this stage. And those sinks are what I think maintain the alignment, they maintain the communication, and they create the camaraderie that has been so lost throughout the last many, many months. Um, you at heart are an incredible strategist. You've been around the market for a long time. You've got an incredible reputation and uh, strategy, you know, it's kind of like creatives, right? Sometimes it's innate and sometimes it's learned. And in your situation, I, I really feel that it's both. You've got this innate ability to really deliver on strategy and you've got just the gift to continually, you know, want to learn and that curiosity that you that you have is something that you're always willing to and, and this is kind of a a word that might scare people but the risk associated with PR the more risky we can be within the confines of a great strategy the better uh, we will get noticed talk to us a little bit about how you go about developing strategies when it comes to PR and really an over and, and a piece of an integrated program? Yeah, that's a great question. And it really depends a lot on the space that you're working with, whether you are dealing with a new emerging space or something that's more established. So in cybersecurity, in identity space, it's really crowded. And a lot of cybersecurity teams and companies are saying the same things. Um, and it really kind of turns into a buzzword echo chamber, which can be tough. So it's really about coming up with a strong differentiator and a viewpoint that isn't being overused. So in order to come up with those differentiators, it's honestly, it's going to take a village. So it's sales. What are prospects showing enthusiasm for? Marketing, what are, what are competitors doing? What's resonating with marketing campaigns? What about competitors? What are they saying? And where are the holes and what can we fill in? Industry analysts, things, you know, what are these sorts of industry experts saying about the space and its future? And then I also think it's really important to take into consideration outside agencies. So it can be tough to examine your own message when you're the ones who created it. So it's very, it's an internal echo chamber. And sometimes the further you are away from that message, uh, the more you can see on it. So I always like to lean on outside experts outside of the building to help us validate and differentiate. Yeah, well, thank you for the plug for each outside agencies. I, um, you know, we would agree that ultimately because brands can get so close to what they do day in and day out that that outside perspective becomes, a, you know, a very, very valuable asset to making a difference. How often do you find that there's still training that is needed internally to make sure that everyone is, you know, you know, whatever those, those pillars are, you know, customer first, um, mm -hmm. you know, what, whatever those are, how do you make sure that everyone is aligned there? Yeah, I think that's an important point, um, especially in corporate comms. You want everyone singing from the same songbook. You want everyone telling a, a similar story that really helps move the company forward. And training is a really important part of that. But I also want to really underline the importance of new people and bringing new perspectives and um, that sort of energy and enthusiasm that someone new to your organization can bring. You know, their life experiences, their experiences that they've had with other brands and other agencies. So that way they can come in and look in and be like, look, here's something that worked really well at another organization or here's something I was able to do here. Let's talk about, is there a way for us to use that and to improve what we're doing here? So I think being open to change is, an import, is just as important as training. You mentioned PR changes, you know, 20 years ago, if you were 
you know, saying to yourself, I wonder where PR as an industry will be in 20 years. What is one of the biggest surprises that you've had since you've started your career with where we are today? Yeah, I would say from 20 years ago, I think the rise of citizen journalism and the rise of just kind of being your own um, your own press agent, I think, has increased exponentially. There's still a role for press. There always will be. But the technologies have made it so easy to share your social message out directly to your target audience, to use your blog in a vehicle that just didn't exist 20 years ago. So I think continuing on in that path is something where I see the future. I think social media is going to play a huge role in that. You know, it's interesting. We, when we're presenting our integrated programs, and especially those that might be focused a little bit more on PR, it's a very interesting juxtaposition right now. Because if you imagine a magic quadrant in in front of you, just four different squares on top of one another, um, and the middle line is less competent to competent, and Mm -hmm. the line forming the the boxes from top to bottom is ethical on top, unethical. Mainstream Mm -hmm. media is fitting in the bottom left-hand quadrant right now, less competent, unethical. Business is in ethical competent when it comes to the POV of consumers, of business buyers, whatever it might be. So you mentioned citizen journalism. I refer to it as you know, 90% of news out there right now is an op-ed as well. What have you done to increase trust surrounding PR and the approaches you deploy? And it's easier with a lot of the business-to-business trade journals and stuff like that. They don't really hit hit these quadrants right now regarding negativity. Um, they're a more trusted source as well, but mainstream media is not. What are you doing to make sure that you are instilling trust in your programs? That's a great question. And I think that a lot of brands do, you know, the same thing. We we tell the same stories in our assets and our collateral, but I think it really, when I think of brand trust, um, it really comes to shine in times of crisis. And really that's where a lot of my background and experience is. So it's about sharing what you know in a truthful manner. If you know that something is wrong, you know, it's up to you to be able to communicate to your customers in an honest and truthworthy way, truthful way to make sure that your customers feel informed and feel like they have all of the information needed in order to keep their products and their customers secure. You know, it's interesting as you were explaining that, I thought to myself, again, reflecting on your comment about citizen journalism and then my op-ed follow-up, that that's really one of the reasons why thought leadership as a part of an integrated PR program is so important on behalf of that business. It's why you hired Terry. It's that thought leadership approach within PR that is really helping gain trust. Absolutely. It's it, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't trust companies and don't trust the news. But using a third party like our customers, like celebrity spokespersons, like trusted media is a way to increase that level of trust. That it's not just us saying, it's our customers speaking on our behalf. Yeah, I agree. It's so important. Um, And for those of you listening today, thought leadership should be a part of every integrated PR program that you're deploying right now. It is a great way for you to get customized op-eds out, speaking engagements, um, you know, whatever they might be. 
what is one of the coolest thought leadership programs that you've deployed in your entire career that you feel really, really helped the top line revenue? Oh dear, there's been so many. <laughs> hey, that um, is know. a good response, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> there has been. And, you know, I, I think that it comes down to finding people within your organization who have a strong viewpoint. It comes down to making sure that those people are not just part of that echo chamber, not saying all the same things and really going out and showing some personality. So people who are not afraid to say, hey, yes, in cybersecurity, we're not perfect, but here's some of the things that we're able to do, or here's some steps that you can do to keep yourself secure. So I think it's all about finding that sort of authentic viewpoint and spokesperson. And you can you can certainly train someone and kind of be able to work with someone to have that viewpoint, but you can't create that. You need to make sure that it's um, you know, it's one of those situations where you have a strong viewpoint or you don't. And those that do are much more able to make an impact. Yeah, I love it. One of the, the difficulties in a lot of PR that is deployed today is connecting the dots between how it definitely, from a KPI standpoint, impacts acquisition, you know, either mid-funnel or bottom of funnel, um, or at least consideration. What are you, what are the KPIs, you know, not specific, but what kind of measurables are you taking a look at today to measure overall PR effectiveness within the organization? Yes, and that's a great question. And there's no silver bullet when it comes to PR measurement. But what I found is a important way is to measure both quality and quantity. So there's a lot of different ways to measure your quality. I prefer message pull through. So we are trying to focus in particular areas on identity, on security. And if we can focus that message and have, um, have that sort of pickup and resonation, that's really important. So I think that message pull through is a very strong way to measure that quality. On quantity, it, it's, it's pretty straightforward as far as if you're looking at volume metrics. But another way could be share of voice, which would be that volume compared to others in the space. So I think any program needs to have one or more of those quality as well as quantity metrics. And are you using a specific software for uh, share of voice and even sentiment? Um, yes, sentiment is a core part of that. And yes, our, we rely on our agency partners to come up with those particular metrics with the software that they use. But I know that there's a ton of different solutions out there. That's great. And, and even if you just Google it, listeners, you'll find a lot of that. Before we leave today, where do you predict, um, you know, as we've talked about, trust is at the lowest point ever with mainstream media. Business is really has the opportunity to strengthen itself in alignment with customers with a lot of what we've talked about. But where do you see um, in the next 12 months, where do you see this rub, if you will, moving and um, businesses seizing the opportunity? You know, I think that COVID has been hard on a lot of different people. And I think we're talking about Movements like the Reddit anti-work movement, we're talking about a lot of backlash on corporations that just aren't able to treat their workers with respect in a lot of ways. So I do think that the expectation in the next 12 months will really lean on a lot of those CSR initiatives, will lean on 
making sure that companies are able to give back. It's one thing to say that you support the community or you support your workforce or you support X cause, but to really get out there and and use your money for good and use your power and your influence uh, for good. So I, I hope and I anticipate that we'll see more CSR initiatives because I think that the world could use some more positivity at the moment. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and thank you for bringing that up. I think it's a wonderful, quick little discussion here because all too often what we'll see is people aren't walking the walk and talking the talk. They'll quickly you know, donate money to a cause, but what are they doing to really live it and breathe it um, day in and day out instead of just getting you know, someone off their back because they're asking for money? It's important. And all businesses have an obligation to support the communities in which their employees live and work. And not just because their employees are there, but because it's the right thing to do. So I think that we'll see a rise in those initiatives. And hopefully that will continue on well past COVID. It's something that I think um, is critically important right now, but hopefully here to stay. Yeah, I hope it is as well. Kristen Miller, such a pleasure. Your encore interview on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lori. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.